Welcome to Account-Based Marketing. This podcast is designed as a collection of conversations with sales and marketing leaders sharing thoughts and practical tips for growing your most valuable customers. Hosted by me, Alicia Linden, founder and CEO at Momentum, the B2B growth consultancy. Welcome to this episode of Account-Based Marketing. Today, we'll be talking about the role of innovation in your go-to-market. And who better to talk to than Steve Goddard, Director of Integrated Marketing and recent winner of Dell's President Award for Innovation. Welcome, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, Alicia. That's, that's very nice of you to say. And, and actually, I was part of a team that, that got an award by our president, Adrian McDonald, for innovation. Fantastic. Yes, yeah, so it's good. Thanks. Congratulations. Good to have you with us. It'd be great if you could kick off with a bit about who you are and, and, and what you're doing both at Dell and uh, and some of the roles that you've had previous. Yeah, so I've been at Dell oh, now I think coming up to my 11th year. Uh, in, in February. Uh, I feel like I've, I've grown up like man and <laughs> man and boy, right? It, it has matured. And across that time, I've been in various roles. So I've, I've been a director of a business unit, director of marketing for a business unit uh, in services, really focused on outcomes and driving transformational programs. Uh, I've also had central roles where you drive integrated marketing programs and, and really the approach when I've done anything from an integrated marketing perspective is really base it around three pillars. So one would be around looking at personas, key personas and persona-based marketing. So building programs which would align, say, the Dell Technologies advantage to how roles and personal agendas will change over a period of time and the impact of what digitization, a pandemic and a next generation workforce will will have on the, the roles of the, the CIO or the CEO. What does a board need to think about? So so building programs based on personas and we know personas are key because they're the people that make decisions and you've got you know, different factors which may be around you know buying centers, there's more complex buying centers in, in this new world. And then secondly, the second pillar is always very passionate about verticals. So you can take broad region clusters around, around verticals. So how you can build programs that align to in how industry dynamics will shift or be disrupted as organizations need to rethink their competitive position. So the fact that Monzo can disrupt Barclays, the fact that Netflix took over from Blockbuster, the fact that Uber disrupts every black taxi firm in the UK, that you're seeing the barriers of market entry reduce due to technology advancement. So born in the cloud, digital disruptors are affecting every industry. And then third, the pillar, which I'm very passionate about is the account-based marketing piece. So actually, driving programs, educating and helping organizations understand how they must mobilize their resources to compete in an age of digital disruption so they can maintain a competitive advantage. And that's essentially what the award the team had built is we built a very sophisticated account-based marketing program using data, science, install-based data to understand what is the organization's trying to achieve. And then worked that back into a business case, worked it back into a value statement of how Dell Technologies can help a organization reach their corporate commitments. So what's stated in their annual report. Fantastic. It sounds like innovation runs through all three of those pillars, looking at personas, verticals and, and, and ABM. And, and something that I've been asked quite a lot this year has been, you know, what what's new for marketing? What's new in ABM? What's the latest innovation? And I think when people are often asking that question, they're, they're, they're wanting to know better tools or tactics 
tactics that they could could use possibly to dial up the, their personalization or make it even even more creepier but I, i'd love to get your take on this steve as you know innovation for me and account-based marketing are really one of the same you're you're fundamentally bringing value to customers you're finding valuable ideas you can take to them and you're building better and better ways to, to stay relevant what, what what's your take on the role of innovation you know how should go-to-market teams be thinking about innovation i think for me what's changed i think significantly over, over the last say five years is we've moved from these systems of record through to systems of intelligence and now we're onto systems of engagement and what comes with that is a huge deluge of data and where i would say marketing now should be about data and science it's, it's, it's about art data and science marketing in the new world so so how do you embrace those data and insights so that you can proactively understand what are the challenges of of customers you're you're trying to drive engagement and consideration that you're a strategic partner or a partner of choice. And at Dell, we've we've actually when we some of our targeted campaigns, we use over 400 data points, a m- machine learning algorithm, an AI to identify what is the right customer to engage at the right time with the right approach using the most appropriate vehicle. And that, that's kind of mapped across a whole customer journey. And when when that's executed correctly, what we see is an increase in revenue of you know, 5.5x. So, so I say that's the big change is the access to data. And I think the challenge is for most marketing leaders is how, how do you actually start that journey? And we're, we're lucky we've got yep. a team of data scientists, we've got a t- team of insights, which then can provide us the, the kind of tool sets to, to go and then really start to build programs to drive that engagement structure, which would be through t- traditional ve- vehicles, such as say events, maybe running digital programs at scale, so, so having them having them, I think a broad mix, but using data and science, I think that's the, that's the key thing. And the, the key thing which I, I I'm always passionate about is is also focus on business outcomes rather than products and solutions. So, so when some people start in marketing, they ultimately think it's about you, it's about your product. <laughs> you think it's about your company, and you want to explain about your product. And somewhere along the line, you realize nobody care it really cares about you it's about them and and that's like the magic bean to virtually every marketing problem if you start with the target audience or the persona their challenges and focus on the particular set of outcomes they want to achieve then essentially you're going to get a better chance of driving engagement with, with them and consideration and there's a lot of talk around say design thinking and really design thinking is really Instead of starting with a product and finding features and benefits to sell to a customer, you start with the customer and use their use case and what they're living and come back and figure out what the product needs to be. And you could probably approach that the same thing as you build, build an architecture or marketing programs. You've talked a bit about the data and the science. Let's talk a little bit about the art. You've got, uh, an, I think, an amazing reputation internally and externally for, for finding better and better ways to to drive growth through marketing. Where, where does that restlessness come from for you, Steve? So I, I think the key thing is, you know, as much as it's important to have the data and science, don't forget the story and build a compelling story that you can rally around and people can embrace. And, and really telling stories brings things to life. It casts new light on what things mean to people. Good stories create emotional connections. 
uh, stories create empathy and they change activity in people's brains. So it releases oxytocins, it, which builds trust, bonding and love. And what you find is that there's some research, which I, I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and it said 5% of branded content gets 95% of engagement, of all the engagement. So it shows that we're doing a really wow. bad job of building narratives, building stories, building actual ways to engage target audience. And as human beings, we're hardwired for those stories. You know, it's how we pass down information before the written word. It's part of our DNA. You know, we, we used to sit around log fires. We told stories of how we survived. We built communities within our tribes that passed down information from generation to generation, how to find food, how to stay out of danger, how to actually maintain and build a society. And essentially, that is insights, right? That, uh, that's data. Yeah. And, and in, in its rawest form, you, you can see like the pictures on the walls in, in, in the ancient tribes, right? So, but in this digital age, it's no different. People are looking for answers. People are looking for what others are doing in their industries. If you're the CEO or the COO, you want to know what your peers are doing and competitors are doing so that you can keep up. So we're really naturally inclined to be absorbed by, by those stories to where we can see ourselves in. So the only difference from those middle ages is the platforms or the places have changed from log fires to ancient walls to TikTok to Instagram and even Clubhouse, right? I've been, I keep getting invited to Clubhouse. That seems to be the new beyond the block or Twitter or Facebook, right? So, so that, that, that's the, the key thing. Don't forget the story part or the story because going back to the science piece, the science tells us that stories have an incredible impact on our brains. And there's a ton of research that says that our brains light up fivefold when we hear a compelling story. It actually illuminates the city of our mind and it uses a lot more of our brain cells when you hear a good story. And that means if that lights up, you're actually 10 times more likely to remember the story because the information gets stuck. So much more than if you sh just shove a product sheet or do a product spec sheet, the most ready to mm -hmm. capture that information. So it's all about for me, stories, but also using data and science to, to work out how to plan that. Speaking of stories, Steve, I'd love, love to hear the story behind how, how you devised your, your approach and, and your own marketing strategy for the work you're doing today. For me, it, it's kind of naturally evolved over time. So, you know, the first kind of eight years of being at Dell, I, I kind of spent a lot of time with our consulting team that, that really were looking at strategic consulting. Uh, and what I started to find out that it, it was less about products and solutions it's more about the outcomes that we were trying to drive and as, as part of some, some kind of very specific sales enablement sessions which focused on driving positive business outcomes by a company called force management i don't know if they're still around but really they started to, uh, to look at key things around you know, how, how do you go and sell to the board? How do you go and sell to stakeholders based on outcomes? What is your defensive differentiators? And that, that kind of stuck with me as we was going through that process. And actually thinking now, I've got another story that, <laughs> that, that kind of shifted my thought process is actually one of my first jobs was working in a management training company in sales. And I remember phoning up a <laughs> HR director and saying, do you want to buy any suits? I don't know, NVQ training or something like that. I, I can't remember what it was. And the, the HR director said, well, I, I do want to buy this, but why don't you ask me about my strategy and what I'm trying to achieve? When I put down the phone, I kind of thought, think, oh, that's interesting. She wants to talk about strategy. And that, that kind of is the first time that I thought about, ah, maybe it's more than just selling a product. 
or a service or just because I've got one thing. It's about a strategy. Wow. And that from that time, that shifted my my thought process. And if I fast forward onto this program of force management and when they laid out this this piece, it kind of reiterated that. And then about five years ago, we wanted to do a an EMC before it was acquired by Dell. We, we set up a strategic sales program about, we took the top 100 sales leaders and, uh, and executives across Amir, brought them into a room, and then started to look at how you can go and sell against strategic outcomes or business outcomes. And then what tools do you need to support that conversation? And what we started to come down with was they wanted very specific messages and content and things they could take to CIOs or just key decision makers. Or, and the other bit that came out when we did some workshops, it was we really need verticals. And what we find is if you can talk using the same language as what's in the the vertical, you're instantly more credible. And actually, when we've run our campaigns, we've done some specific financial services campaigns with financial service message, we see conversion rates even higher. And it just kind of shows it's about, I think marketing is about contextualization. So when you're doing account-based marketing, it's actually, how do I build a value proposition that aligns to what the customer is trying to achieve, but then cements our value that we can deliver to support you reaching your corporate objectives. And, and I think that's a, the kind of piece of where this all started to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting to hear how those early experiences have ended up shaping your strategy and, and some of the programs that, that you're you're most passionate about today. <laughs> it's interesting because my first response when I put the phone down, I was like, this woman, she just didn't want to buy it. She just <laughs> wanted to, she, she wanted to ask me about strategy. She said, well, she's crazy. <laughs> and now, now I think about it. God, how wrong yeah. was I? Right, yeah, so, gone completely full so. circle. And account-based marketing as an approach isn't new at Dell Technologies. What what, what have you done that you, you, you touch on this point of contextualization? I'd love to understand what you've done to, to reinvigorate an account-based approach and, and really bring together that value-based selling in, in the way that you're marketing. There, there's two different ways to, to approach it. So, for instance, there's a kind of always-on digital approach where we're very specifically targeting a set of customers with the right messages that are you know, looking or searching for answers around particular topics. So we've got very sophisticated program which focuses on, on, on accounts. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of from a broad, broad perspective. But, but then there's the other side of this where it is about architecting a value proposition specifically for account. So on the one hand, you've got one-to-many, just one-to-many accounts. On the other hand, you've got one-to-one account-based marketing. And that that's kind of what we're seeing as a one-to-one basis, as, as a specific differentiator. When you can go into a CEO, send him a very specific manifesto or document saying, I, I've read your annual report. I understand that you're trying to drive operational efficiencies. Your IT strategy that supports that is driving you know, orchestration, automation across your, your, your infrastructure. And Dell Technologies can help you achieve this. You have a specific initiative around people. So I, I haven't seen any annual report that doesn't talk about people and productivity. But crafting a narrative which says, look, yep, you need to enable your people as they can't work in this digital age. This is how we can 
align to what you're trying to drive from, from a Dell, Dell Technologies perspective. Fantastic. So you really have gone full circle and, and taken the advice of, of that HR professional that you mentioned and, and are really starting with that organization strategy. What, what if you think about some of that shift, you know, actually approaching customers and prospects and, and starting with their strategy and where you can add value. Um, lots of marketing teams I see today are, are set up and aligned by channel and not necessarily by by customer or really thinking about the strategic value they can bring bring to organizations. What what capabilities in a marketing team in, in your team today do you see as, as critical to being able to deliver against your strategy? It's interesting. Um, so we need to talk about that shift from from channel centric to customer centric. There's an interesting book by Michael Tracy and Fred Weismer called The Disciplines of Market Leaders, uh, which is all about competitive advantage. Uh, bear with me, it will, okay. it will make sense where I'm going with this. <laughs> but, but prior to that book, they published a Harvard Business Review uh, paper focused on customer intimacy and other value disciplines. And in the first line and this approach it the first part of this piece that they wrote is literally they have these words and i, I printed it off because i thought I, this is interesting because i thought this might come up it says how was dell computers able to charge out of nowhere to outmaneuver compact and other leaders of the personal computer industry first they redefined value for customers in their respective markets second they built powerful cohesive business systems that could deliver more of that value than competitors. And third, by doing so, raise customer expectations beyond the competitor's reach. Put another way, they changed what customers valued and how it was delivered, then boosted the level of value that customer expected. Now that was written in 1993. And, and it just goes to show that we think about value-based selling or value-based marketing is a new fad, right? But essentially mm-hmm. it's something which Dell was seen as a, mm-hmm. as a leader back, back in 1993. And so what that's really telling us is first and foremost, know the customer. Mm-hmm. You have to know the customer's business, what they do, what's important to them, what are their strategic imperatives? Yeah. How do they add shareholder value? How do they drive revenue? And the more you know about the customer, more you can take solutions to them in a contextual way, talk at the level that they need to about outcomes, not products. So to do that, you need to know your brief and, and do your research and, and, and then align to, to the value of, of what you're, you're trying to deliver for, the, for that customer. Yeah. So key critical capability in your team then is being customer centric and, and really understanding what's going on in those those customers, but then also being able to join the dots between the, those accounts, organizations and, and the value that Dell can bring. Thinking about some of your stakeholders, you know, Dell Technologies is, is known for being quite a sales-driven organization, shall we say. How have you managed and, and worked, partnered with your stakeholders in the business to, to end up with a strategy that is so customer-centric? I think you, you always need to be well-aligned to your sales stakeholders. You, you don't do marketing for marketing's sake. It, it's to support driving positive business outcomes. So going back to what do you need to achieve? What does the business need to achieve? And, and then build alignment with your stakeholders and then agree a plan and a plan of action. And actually kind of um, the way that Dell, and talking about alignment, we're just about going to our annual strategy cascade. So what happens is every year, Dell publishes a, a strategy map. 
it talks about our purpose so and it's completed by michael Dale and his board so jeff clark and his board team and literally talks about our purpose so our purpose which is to create technologies that drive human progress and our vision is to become the most essential technology company for the data era and then our culture code code to reinforce this is is about like who we are what we believe how we work and, and how we lead and essentially in that from those very kind of broad reach strategy pillars the i, I think it reminds me of a term which is um drucker said uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast right but what we see is in this strategy cascade we put down the key pillars and um, the difference where i've seen it is we would have a, a pillar around grow and modernize our core business so what happens is jeff clark and michael Dell at the ceo level will say so what does that mean for us for the company as a whole that means outperforming the competition normally that's measured in probably market share and win more customers and expand existing relationships so then what happens is Alison Jew, our CMO, will go, right, Michael's written this for my organization. How do I support that objective? And that is around if it's about outperforming the competition, our kind of lens of that is, well, we want to drive buyer-based growth as a marketing, you know, how do we do that? And, you know, if it was win more customers, expand existing relationships, which is put by Michael, then for the marketing angle is that is well, drive perception and thought leadership through flagship events. Now, what happens is from Allison, that then gets sent to brand. They put on their articulation of what that, their interpretation of how they add value. Goes to field and partner marketing. So we've got Jerry Tunnels, our, our lead uh, globally. She will complete it. Then Jerry will pass it down to her L3 leaders. Then it will go down to their leaders, their leaders, until everyone in the organization has gone through a ideation session of how you drive back value and, and your role. So, so the idea is that if you're sitting in the, the refectory or the cafe or whatever, Michael comes past you and says, how do you help me support my corporate objectives? You're, you've done that map. And that's published as part of our kind of goals for the year. So it gets added to our HR systems and then that, that's how you start. And that's kind of the best I've seen. I've been in many companies and I haven't seen this level of detail where you go down and say, look, this is the part and the role that I play. And this is how I add back value back to the business, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds really well connected and, and particularly a great way of bringing teams together and, and uniting them on the same same cause as opposed to these siloed initiatives that you, you often see. Yeah, it, exactly. And the, the piece what I like about Dell as well is that as much as we talk about the business, so we talked about outperforming the competition, driving net new buyers. You know, last year we recorded record revenue and profitability, like 95 billion. I mean, I mean it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, well. and, but really, that was where our teams really rallied to support customers and partners mm-hmm. as technology became that uh, essential in keeping our society, economy, or, or lives moving forward. But on the other hand of this, there's an extreme sense of purpose in the organization. So the you know, key purpose that we call out is to create technologies that drive human progress. Now we have like 130 plus thousand staff. Mm-hmm. And essentially what we try and do is enable a sense of purpose around the key areas that we will drive a, a positive social impact and key things we, we, we have as 
the you know, goals is about how we advance sustainability, how we cultivate inclusion, how we transform lives by addressing society's most pressing issues. And we've got a whole value map of trying to enable this. So from an advanced, and we, we call this kind of moonshot goals and, and law legacy for good. Um, and in terms of advancing sustainability, you know, we, we've reco- recovered nearly two billion uh, pound of, uh, of used ele- ele- electronics and used 100 million pounds of recyclable material in new products. So, so we're trying to support that circular economy that we, we, we see about. And, and by 2030, for every product we sell, we will reuse or recycle an equivalent product, again, supporting the circular economy. But, but that's just one thing we can do as a manufacturer. But the other piece that we try to enable is this, you know, through people is about cultivation inclusion. So we train people on cognitive bias your unconscious bias so 95 percent of our leaders have gone through it and by 2030 we want most of our team to go go through that that training we've got these goals but by 2030 it's all about diversity and and Mm -hmm. and that unconscious bias so i think 50 percent of our global workforce we said will be women and 40 percent of our leaders will be women to, to show that diversity but then the piece which i'm I like is also you're encouraged to go and support good causes. Um, and over the, the past five years, our teams have volunteered five million hours of volunteer work. And through each year, we're currently encouraging, or we put a goal that 75% of our employees will participate or, or, or volunteer in their communities. And that's, that's a huge goal to give back you know, yeah. to, to society. Yeah, I've seen some really interesting things that the, the team have been doing more recently, some of the runs and various initiatives. What what would your um, advice be, Steve, on bringing different stakeholders with you as as you've driven change? If you reflect back on the last 18 months, you've kicked off a number of new programs, you've you've shifted the way that you're engaging customers and, and, and going to market. How, how have you made sure that you're bringing your, your, your peers, your stakeholders um, on, on the same journey with you? I think communication is key. And and I think the the key thing is just because you sent an email, don't think, don't uh, ex- expect that the someone hasn't re- read it or sometimes they haven't understand it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the key thing, you know, when people say, yeah, but I sent you an email on that. I'm like, yeah, I've got about four thousand unread emails yes. for the last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think it's really over. I think you have to over communicate, but yeah. but not over, not spam. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah. just look at different forms and different ways to, to engage. Just going back to the, the points you were making around having a shared purpose and, and aligning behind that, the, the Dell strategy map, what, what barriers have you faced as, as you've looked to, to roll out some of your strategies and, and approaches in the organisation? Where, where have you hit roadblocks that you think will be useful to share? There's a great book um, by Matthew Saeed called Black Box Thinking, and it, it's kind of the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. And I think that the challenge is that you know some people get caught in a box and are very fixed in they want the way they want to approach things. And the challenge is trying to open up or broaden horizons and get people to think bigger. That's really the challenge, right? How, yes. how do you how do you get people out that fixed mindset? And a lot of it 
is, you know, I was talking about cultivating inclusion and diversity is have different people in your team as well. Sometimes you need different perspectives. If you've got Matthew, I've, I've met Matthew a few times because we've done some work together. He, um, he supported some events, which show we've done some work together. He supported me <laughs> a few events we ran with customers. <laughs> and, and he's got this example of like, if you've got 10 people that are all Oxford University, I think he's Harvard, all schooled by the same person, how many ideas can they come up with? All different ideas. And the, the kind of best practice is that, that they're probably coming up with the 10, the 10 right. same ideas. They've had the same tutor, the same background. And if you get 10 different people, then you've got 10x the ideas that are going to come from, from those perspectives. So um, I think diversity is good. Yeah, yeah. And I think also I, I use it because I'm, like you say, I, I like the innovation. I like the new things. And sometimes the practicalities are not are not right. So it's good to, to, to have people to strike that balance. Yes. Strike that balance, say, no, <laughs> Steve, we can't do that. Stop changing your mind. Yeah. What What are the the top two or three ideas that you've you've brought to the table in the last year or so that you're most proud of? We moved very quickly to, to to virtual. So we had we had an activation around the Geneva Motor Show the week before. We were still, I think, the weekend before we were still planning to go, and then literally Switzerland closed its its, its doors. And then what we uh, started to do is say, well, the needs of the people that we were working with are still the same. They want to learn about the evolution of automobile industry and the way it's transforming. They still need have a need to find out. So we literally switched our activation to to virtual we did a series of essentially sessions over zoom with the people we're taking with the leaders and customers actually it's it's better attended because then we could open it up and i I think the key thing for me was we quickly pivoted to say well why why aren't we doing more platforms like this more virtual platforms and when we did our q4 plan last year we was thinking about a central virtual platform to drive engagement we had that idea but really the compelling events of the pandemic meant there's more need to have these because you couldn't meet in person. And, and what we tried to do was, uh, what we did, we built a series about how Dell, as an example, was navigating the, the challenge around COVID because essentially 130,000 employees essentially couldn't go in the office. We moved our entire, I think, 90, I think 95% of our workers to work from home over a weekend. So it's, it's pretty much like 120,000 people and the technology enable that but most customers needed to know how to do it as well i mean dell have been advocating a hybrid work life balance where you work from home and in the office for 10 years so we're probably more advanced but there was a need to go and say look hey this is how you could go do it these are the challenges we had so we set up a series showing how our leaders were approaching this and how some of our customers people like mclaren people like rolls royce had gone and addressed this so so it could then help customers that are, that are facing similar changes you know this is all about the evolving workplace how you need to be agile to, to build a resilient business so we built a series of sessions which just was like this is how leaders are dealing with this i think what i lo- really like about the, that that particular initiative is that you jumped on it really quickly it wasn't a you know i, I think i saw lots of me too type webinars and events follow um, later in the year but you, you definitely pivoted very quickly and and showing a level of openness to sharing those ideas and thoughts, the wider market, as opposed to going, we'll, we'll, we'll keep this under the hood and inside our business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it was one of those things at a point in time, because it's exactly what we found. We ran sessions from, I think it's April to June, which is a couple of months after everyone was in lockdown. And then we did another series at the back end of the year. And what we found was the conversation was changing because what was relevant 
in you know, April, June was the conversation moved on. So what we were seeing or experiencing is like customers, were, we had one customer which literally ordered 175,000 keyboards and 175,000 mice. And that was essentially about 5% of the world availability product. There's no strategy, right? So it was just, we needed to do it light, but now we're like, do it right. So that was do it light, yeah. do it right. So, so the conversation was that. So, so now you've done that. What do you need to do? What's the next step? Now you, everyone's working from home. What, what are the security challenges? What is the people challenge? Right, because people, not everyone has a garden, not everyone has a family. Some people, you know, there's a whole mental health thing that you need to consider around staff and and, and, and team members. And how do you approach that? I think you're, you're absolutely right. There's the, we've seen it through our index as well. There's a level of anxiety that's developing in the enterprise, having gone through lots of change quickly. And then how, how do you make sure that you've actually got the right foundational elements like data security in, in place? Um, what, one of the other programs that, that I thought was particularly interesting that, that you, you pulled off, Steve, is, is this idea of the challenger sale and really integrating it in your your marketing programs yeah. and the way that you're disrupting accounts being provocative with 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 a perspective and initiating a different type of dialogue where, where did the idea for for that come from <laughs> that that came from sitting in a dark room in Brentford <laughs> about five years ago we we kind of just sat around uh, and as a group of us said well wouldn't it be great if we could take unsolicited proposals into accounts using the install what we know about the account already uh, so so and and then that evolved and we kind of set on this journey of right what data do we have how do i find out the data if we don't have it in an ethical way that then help me provide a business case because what we're finding if you go in with a business case even if the customer says no that's not correct it opens a conversation say well it starts a dialogue yeah that give me the correct data and i can build a business case and this goes back to insight data and science that you can mm-hmm. you can use to to build to build that proposition and it's more than just a business case though it's actually a value map for for customers what we're saying is yep because you've got legacy infrastructure and it's surprising the amount of legacy is it in some of the largest customers in in the uk or in europe but actually if you modernize that infrastructure you can do one or two things you have say say if you've got your IT budget is 100 million or 1 million is regardless if you can save 30 percent of that that's money you can invest in new innovation so you, you can reduce technical debt and invest in innovation and, and that's kind of the big message so and you can redeploy people as well by using modern infrastructures modern you know cloud operating models and and, and that was really five years ago we kind of had this concept and then it evolved over being able to get the data, being able to build the value propositions, and then actually taking a compelling message and story in, into a customer of, I can save you 30%, but then you can reinvest this. So the next part of it I'd like to say is, if you can save a million million pounds and then place a million pound in blockchain, that blockchain can be the next rev- revenue stream or something like that, or AI, machine learning. The response we've had from customers when we go and share that insight has been phenomenal because it's about them. Like we said, it's not about us, it's about them. You know, what are the challenges in your industry? How do you deal with those? And and, and how do you how's that how do you reduce that technical yeah. debt or the pull of the past to invest in new digital outcomes?
And it, just thinking about you in the in that dark room as you described it, brainstorming and coming up with these ideas. You, you've talked about diversity in in the team mix. You, you've referenced a couple of books that have inspired you in in particular. But what what would you say is is the ideal kind of ecosystem? What, you know, what what are the contributing factors that really helped you innovate and and drive new ideas in in the organisation? I, I think for me, staying close to sales and getting an understanding of what challenges they are encountering or what they're hearing um and uh and then trying to think about how how you can use that insight with with, with customers so status sales because they, they are on the front line they're speaking to customers day in day out they know the competitive landscape they know that they even know what the competitors are trying to sell into their accounts or they should do so so there's that yeah. but, but then also there's the data and the insights piece so stay close to your data team you know, look at what the landscape briefs are giving you. Where are the opportunities? Where's the addressable market opportunity? Where's the white space? What's the share of wallet for your state? You know, it's actually to help you identify where you should put your investments. And then, you know, stay close to, say, the technical team. You know, you know, they're, they're putting together solutions for customers as well. So, biz ops, marketing ops. Sales, <laughs> just don't, yeah. don't be a lone wolf. I mean, I mean that's the key key thing. I'd say no, fantastic. I think being connected to to various teams across the organisation will definitely give you that that mixed insight that can then fuel new ideas, new thinking. Um, I, I really enjoyed the discussion, Stephen. Fascinating talking about what drives you and 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 how you think about new approaches and and, and some of the strategies you've adopted so far. If if we could close, I'd love to get your I guess your your advice to if you rewind back a year, what would you do differently? What's the one thing that you think if you had another twelve months back, what would you do sold more shares earlier uh, <laughs> <laughs> invested in a tesla or you know i think that's what i was on a year ago in, in your integrated marketing role, oh, okay i can qualify it uh, so i think that, i think it's just all about being being adaptable be flexible and if you're gonna fail fail fast and not hard i mean this is the key thing yeah you know if you look at eric reese's like lean model be very lean you know test 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 small fail fast because failure is not a failure failure is a learning opportunity and i think that the biggest failures are the most successful people in the world because they learn from it and that and that be my key thing is adapt all flexible fail fast not hard brilliant i can't wait to see what you do next steve i'll uh, see your successes and and your learnings <laughs> over the coming 12 months thanks so much for joining us all right cheers thank you very much for having me This podcast is brought to you by Momentum, the B2B growth consultancy and pioneers of account-based marketing. You can learn more at wearemomentum.com.